Thanks to Harry's for supporting The Motley Fool. Harry's stands behind the quality of their blades, but they know that switching razors isn't an easy decision. So they created a trial offer. Claim yours by going to harrys.com slash fool. Welcome to Industry Focus, the podcast that dives into a different sector of the stock market every day. It's Monday, May 21st, and we're doing a special episode on the so-called war on cash. So, listeners, whenever you send in a question via email, Twitter, uh letter in the mail, really whatever. We we try to either answer it in email or devote an episode to it. So Cam from the UK asked, what do you think are the three best stocks to own to benefit from the war in cash? So I figured we'd step back and think big picture for a minute. So the so-called war on cash is this idea that the world is gradually transitioning away from cash, or at least that it will in the Uh, future. Certainly, there's plenty of data out there showing that increasing proportions of people are using non-cash methods of payment, debit cards, credit cards, uh, mobile transfer services like Venmo, and the like. In fact, the BBC reported last year that cash was used in under 20% of transactions in Sweden, uh, for instance. So, certainly, we've seen this movement. But the fact of the matter is that cash still reigns really across the world. And in fact, American Express recently sort of highlighted this as an opportunity. They had this kind of presentation in which they described just how much runway there is still um, to sort of take over from cash. Right. Um, there's a common misperception among American investors and consumers that the credit card market is getting kind of saturated. Um, Amex came out with statistics that said the untapped payment market is actually pretty huge. Um, Right now, there are about $12 trillion a year in consumer payments going through cards. um, And they think that the addressable market is actually $29 trillion. So more than double the current size. For um, the commercial side of things, it's even even more of an opportunity. Right now, it's about a $2 trillion market, and they think it could be a $19 trillion market. So these are kind of, there's still a lot of room to move toward a cashless society is kind of the takeaway there. Yes. Even in Sweden, you know, where it's, you know, roughly 80, 20, um, there's still opportunity, but in most places we have a lot more going through in cash. Um, and, and I think the second piece then of all this, as we're thinking about this is, okay, so, so what will they go to? You know, if, if cash becomes less common, what are people going to spend with? And here in the US and in Europe, the answer has been sort of cash to debit slash credit cards to mobile payments in addition to debit and credit cards. A lot of people argue in favor of the credit card stocks because they're expecting a similar move among other countries. Now, in my view, certainly there's an opportunity for credit card companies, and I think they certainly there's reason to think that they have plenty of market to expand into. But it's increasingly clear to me that um, particularly in the really high-growth um, Emerging markets that we've been that we talked about kind of last week that people are really moving straight to mobile payments from cash and kind of bypassing credit cards to some extent. So, just for example, according to Cap Gemini's 2017 World Payments Report, 50% of Chinese smartphone users are expected to adopt proximity mobile payments by 2020. So, you know, we're bullish on credit card companies, or well, at least I am. Uh, personally, I'm a Mastercard shareholder, but we don't actually really see them as the best way to play the specific war on cash. So here we have kind of put together three of our favorite stocks. The first one is Green Dot Corporation, ticker symbol G-D-O-T. Yeah, on on that note, um, 
I'm, I'm an American Express shareholder myself. And there's, they're not the best way we kind of feel because, you know, credit cards are expensive. Um, the trend in um, financial technology, as we discussed in an episode a few weeks ago, is toward no fees. So looking at kind of companies that offer low fee payment solutions, uh, Green Dot being the first one, they're a relatively small company. Uh, market cap's just under $4 billion right now. And they are the... In, in addition to a few other things, which I'll get to in a second, they're the leader in prepaid cards um, where people have, you know, their paycheck directly loaded onto a prepaid card. Um, these are the, you see all the prepaid Visa cards at the Walmart checkout. Those are usually Green Dot products. Uh, Green Dot focuses on what are called the unbanked and underbanked segments of the population, meaning people who don't necessarily have a checking account. Um if you have, say, you know, credit issues, you've defaulted on loans before, you've had charge-offs on checking accounts before, it can be really tough to get a bank account. And these are the people who Green Dot focuses on. And a lot of the people who still use cash for everyday purchases are slowly transitioning to Green Dot product because it's getting less and less convenient to use cash. And that's kind of the best way I could sum up Green Dot is it's a play on the inconvenience of cash. Um, over time. Yes. And, um, and as you pointed out, it does a lot of things with a lot of different, uh, cards. Um, it's interesting. So when I was kind of, I, I was not familiar with green dot until Matt kind of pitched it to me a couple of days ago. And when I, when I looked at the company, uh, a couple of things really jumped out. So the first one is that, um, they have just really, um, diversified, Revenue streams. So, if you look at the most recent quarter, um, out of uh, roughly $315 million in revenue, about $130 million came from card revenues and other fees, $100 million from processing and settlement services, and then uh, about $85 million from interchange revenues. And so, what you see there is that they are playing in kind of very, I mean, related areas, but they're, um, they don't have all of their revenue really tied to one spot one place which is a really kind of good thing to see um, and the other thing is that you know you're seeing pretty impressive growth I mean revenue last quarter grew by 16 percent on the organic side now they actually had an acquisition which juiced revenue up further but net of that revenue grew by 16 percent so that's a really good sign that they've they've made something that um, is uh, you know a series of products that are really attractive to a lot of people yeah green dot in addition to just being kind of an issue of its own products, kind of sees itself as more of a technology platform, whereas other companies can go and kind of use their technology to offer financial services that suit them. Uh, just a couple of examples. Um, Walmart Money Card is uh, a big, big partner of Green Dot. Uh, more recently, Uber has started issuing the Uber debit card through Green Dot's platform. And more, most recently, in December, they uh, Apple announced that it's using Green Dot's technology for its uh, Apple Pay cash platform, which I mean, you, you can't really get a better partnership than that as far as peer-to-peer payments. Yes, and, and it's interesting because Green Dot. So the the way Green Dot kind of puts this is it's banking as a service or BaaS. So you know if you've heard of like you know technology as a service, you know et cetera, a software as a service, et cetera, et cetera. So so they're sort of trying to comp themselves, I think, to a lot of these other companies. Um, but essentially what that means is it's this sort of mobile platform that can work in a lot of different areas. Now, 
whether or not you would really comp that to a tech stock is something that uh, I think there could be a very healthy debate about. Um, but I think what is very clear is that this is a company that's serving really historically an underserved niche in the market and has uh, really put together some pretty impressive growth with that. Yeah, the other two companies we're about to talk about um, kind of focus on markets where people could use credit cards and things right now, just they want to make it more convenient and less costly. Green Dot is focusing on people who you know don't have many other options and really over the next, not, it's not too much of a big deal right now to carry cash. It's getting inconvenient in certain places, but over the next few decades, it's going to start getting very inconvenient to use cash for certain things. And that's really why I like Green Dot as kind of a long-term way to play the war on cash. Right. All right. So we'll turn to our next two in just a minute, but first a word from our sponsor. Thanks to Harry's for supporting our podcast. Harry's stands behind the quality of their blades, but they know that switching razors isn't an easy decision. So they created a trial offer. Claim yours by going to harrys.com slash fool. Um, I've used Harry's uh, razor blades and their um, their shaving cream, which uh, I've got to say uh, is, is the best smelling shaving cream I've ever had and really got me a much better shave um, than I'd experienced with um, other razor companies. So um, it's definitely uh, an attractive product and, you know, in, in my view, worth trying out. So I mean, basically, it kind of comes back to sort of their founding story, right? Their, their founders were fed up with overpaying for expensive razors and with unnecessary features. And so you can get a $13 value trial set that comes with everything you need for a close, comfortable shave, a weighted ergonomic handle, a five blade razor with a lubricating strip and a trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, again, the good smelling stuff that I mentioned, and a travel blade cover. Listeners of the show can redeem their trial set at harrys.com slash fool. Make sure you go to harrys.com slash fool to redeem your offer and let them know we sent you to help support the show. All right, so let's turn to our next um, stock, which is PayPal. And, I mean, okay, so everyone knows PayPal sort of as, well, you know, PayPal. <laughs> sort of like everybody knows Facebook for Facebook. But uh, like Facebook, PayPal is also you know, invested in other properties that are not its namesake. Um, chief among them, of course, Venmo, which if you are a millennial or know a millennial, you've probably heard about Venmo and how great it is for basically helping people not have to split the bill at restaurants. Yeah, I, I, I personally don't use Venmo, but I'm an older millennial, so we'll talk about to that. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm a millennial by about three months. So, um, but the statistics, I mean, don't lie. They, Venmo uh, payment volumes up 80% year over year. Um, that's enormous growth for, especially people think pay, uh, PayPal is kind of a mature company, but they're really not. Um, peer-to-peer payment volume, they're, they've, they're growing at a 50% year over year rate. And it's about a quarter of the total right now. So PayPal is really not just, you know, eBay's payment processor anymore, um, which is where they were, you know, years ago. Um, PayPal used to be part of eBay, if, you, if people aren't familiar. Right. But they're really transitioning into like a new, like all you know, jack of all trades payment company. Yeah, and, and it's interesting because so one of the things that PayPal execs always highlight about Venmo, and I've been skeptical about it, but is this idea that um, that the social aspect is really a differentiator, right? So if you use Venmo, basically, you know, you send someone money. And you can sort of give sort of a reason that you're sending the money. You can say rent or brunch or, I don't know, something completely ridiculous if you want, right? And, um, 
and and they've really highlighted the the social aspect of being able to kind of see what other people are paying each other for as being a differentiator. I've been skeptical, um, but I, I will note um, John Rainey, uh, who's uh, PayPal CFO uh, at a recent conference noted, uh, I'm quoting here, the consumers that are using that are opening the app four and five times a week just to check the social feed, end quote. And so, now, I mean, is it just to check the social feed or is it because they forgot what they were paying for? You know, I don't know. But um, but it's certainly interesting to see that there is some data sort of backing up that assertion. And I mean, at the end of the day, you know, a lot of people talk about uh, different things like Zelle as potential um, competitors to Venmo, but but the fact of the matter is that even with Zelle's launch, Venmo's growth has continued accelerating, and they haven't seen any uh, drawback. And, and and a big part of that is that um, Zelle, which underlies a lot of the kind of banking uh, peer-to-peer um, payments technology uh, or pay, peer-to-peer payment apps, um, Zelle like the average. Um, the average size of transactions is like you know a, a few hundred bucks, whereas for Venmo it's more like upper fifties, low sixties, uh, according to uh, PayPal execs, which is uh, again kind of a sign that you know you're using these those apps for sort of two different complementary things, and so they can kind of both win in an increasingly mobile first um, society. Yeah, and I mean, another good thing about PayPal is not only is the peer to peer side of their business doing really well, but their core business is still growing. Quite rapidly, um, they added over eight million new accounts in the first quarter alone. Um, they're fifteen percent more accounts than they did this time last year. So, their core payment business is really doing well, and people who are using PayPal are using it more. Um, per per account, um, the average PayPal customer uses their account 30, almost thirty five times a year. That's an increase of about eight percent from last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Their core payment business is doing really well in addition to their peer-to-peer business. And the core payment business, at least for the moment, is where they're making their money. Right. Uh, that's the bit that's the big revenue driver. Yeah, and, and that's one of the things that's sort of like a sort of an opportunity and a danger for PayPal, right? Is that at some point they're going to want to try to monetize Venmo. And they they've kind of begun thinking about this a little bit with um, what's called pay with Venmo, which is Essentially, rolling things out so people can use Venmo to pay merchants directly. Um, so certainly, there's some opportunity there, but um, execs, I think, very appropriately have um, been very cautious in their outlook and have said, "Listen, like we are not going to try to hit some amazing number uh, on the revenue side with this um, and tank the whole experience." I think because they recognize that fundamentally, Venmo isn't a terribly sticky product, and so if you make things Incrementally more difficult for really anybody in that chain, you know, from, sort of from consumer to consumer to business, um, then there w- there may be a significant push to something else. Whereas if you wait and allow that network effect to get stronger and stronger and stronger, then it's going to become increasingly difficult to uh, for people to break away, and that's where there might be some monetization opportunity. But that's years down the road. Yeah, and uh, on the just one more little thought on the monetization of peer to peer payments. Just bear in mind how young that industry is. It was only about five years ago, people didn't think Facebook would be able to monetize its business. So my the point is that this is still in its early stages of evolution. There could be many different avenues they could take it to monetize payments without charging fees or things like that. So like, this is a very, very young industry still. Yes. Um, and, and a lot of opportunity there. All right. So let's turn to our third stock, which is 
Oh, uh, by the way, I, I forgot to mention earlier, PayPal, that's ticker symbol P-Y-P-L. Um, Square <laughs> is our third one, which is ticker symbol S-Q. Yeah, Square is in many ways similar to PayPal. It's much smaller. Well, not much smaller, but about one-fifth of the market cap. Um, in terms of payment volume, it's a lot smaller. It's about you know one-eighth of PayPal's payment volume right now. Mm-hmm. Square is... Whereas PayPal started out focusing on consumers paying businesses, Square is more of a small business-centered company. Um, you can't walk down a craft market in America right now without everybody taking credit cards with Square payment readers. Um, but they're trying—they're turning into so much more than that. They're really building a whole like payment. They call it omni-channel commerce. Um, there's kind of like a whole one-stop payment ecosystem for businesses, consumers. Um, you know, for example, they're, they add, they have a square capital platform that lends to small businesses, the square cash app, which is kind of what we're talking about, the war on cash. Uh, their peer to peer payment app is the number one app in the, um, Apple app store. So they really, they really transformed themselves from just the small business payment company to, you know, a small business and consumer ecosystem of payments. Um, you know, <clears throat> other other kind of integrated features are kind of what they're going for, like their caviar food delivery app. Um, they just acquired Weebly, which allows people to make their own websites, kind of integrating that into their process so, you know, their customers don't have to go elsewhere to build their own e-commerce sites. Um, just a lot of potential and still in the early stages of kind of figuring out how much how, how much of the um, the business environment they could capture. Yeah, and, and, and for me, I'm a Square shareholder personally because of the optionality, right? So you look at Caviar, it's tiny compared to like a Grubhub. Um, and so, you know, it's distinctly possible that Grubhub or... Um, one of the various other kind of uh, food ordering services will just continue to like pardon the pun, eat their lunch, right? But, um, because, you know, Caviar's got a single-digit market share. But long-term, maybe it can grow. Maybe it can differentiate. Maybe it can find some way to uh, really succeed, particularly if they use it as, like, an omni-channel, to use their terminology, um, cross-sell opportunity, right? So, um, you know, they uh, might charge a certain percentage to merchants who aren't using other Square services, but if they are using other Square services, maybe Caviar is free. Maybe it's bundled. Maybe it's you know uh, a lesser percentage of uh, of revenue on the sold food that they're charging. Um, and so there's a lot of opportunity, I think, if Square can really, really make entrepreneurship easy. Um, and that's really what their goal is. Another thing with Square is out of the three stocks we're talking about, they're the ones who are really embracing the whole cryptocurrency. Um, trend more more so than the other two anyway um you can now buy buy bitcoin through the square cash app if you talk about the ultimate war on cash um it's kind of still a small part of square's business but it's it's getting there and it could become a big part if it's integrated into their small business solutions whereas you can you know hold bitcoin in square cash and use it at square payment terminals that could be you know, a game changer for the cryptocurrency world. Yeah, it's it's kind of a weird thing, right? Because it's just sort of, um, 
I, I don't know. It's it's it, it feels very different from pretty much everything else that Square is doing. But uh, again, you know, this is a management that has sort of unhesitatingly diversified, taken on opportunities, and just they're kind of. I, I think in a lot of ways they're just kind of throwing a bunch of things out there and seeing what works. And that's that can be a bad. Um, strategy when it doesn't have kind of a master plan behind it and kind of an integrated um, experience that they're going for, um, or if it's just out of desperation. But you know, Square has just been growing impressively, and I think this is management's attempts to sort of say, okay, how do we take that growth, better monetize it, and sort of build out that platform further and further and stay ahead of the competition. And thus far, you know, Square really has done a good job of that. Yeah. And, um... This was kind of uh, the thesis on IBM a long time ago in that the more parts of a company's business they rely on you for, the less like the, the higher the cost of switching is. Right. So Square is turning into a very sticky business, to borrow a Warren Buffett term. <laughs> yes, indeed. All right, cool. So those are our three stocks. Are, are personally my and my and Matt's favorite picks for the Warren Cash. Um, I guess Matt, of the three, is there one that kind of stands out to you as your personal favorite? Um, well, I own Square and PayPal. I owned Square when it was about the size of Green Dot, and it's really been nice to see where it evolved. And I just see that it has a whole lot more potential to grow. Ultimately, to the size of PayPal, I could see it getting. Not that it will. I'm not saying that it will, but. I could definitely see Square, you know, doubling or tripling in size even from here. Yeah, I, I'm Square's the only one of these three that I personally own, and so it's probably not surprising that it's the one I'm most bullish on right now. I, I usually try to, uh, you know, buy companies that I like. <laughs> it sort of <laughs> makes sense as an investor. Well, cool. So, folks, that's it for this week's financial show. Questions, comments? You can always reach us at industryfocus@fool.com. As always, people in the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. The show is produced by Austin Morgan. For Matt Frankel, I'm Michael Douglas. Thanks for listening, and Fool on! Fool on!